Do you want an amazing marriage? Are you ready to take your marriage to the next level? Then stick around for your Marriage Matters podcast with Marriage Coach Lynn. Let's put some fun and sizzle into your relationship. Ladies and gentlemen, loyal listeners, supporters of Lifelong Happy Marriage, today I celebrate episode number 52 of the Your Marriage Matters podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey for the past year. Can you believe it? A year of podcasting, and together I'm sure we've learned so much along the way. There's still so much more to talk about regarding marriage. The show has been growing nicely. Thank you so much. During the past year, I've put together at least seven series for you. I wanted to get to the topic of sex and do a more in-depth discussion and interviews on pornography, but wasn't able to fit those shows in. I wanted to interview more people, and again, we have to make compromises and decisions in life based on priorities. This is the sixth and final episode of Top Six Marriage Books, Catholic Resources That Inspire Lifelong Love in Marriage. I would give a five-star rating to the first five books I've presented in this series. Today's book gets a three-star rating. I'm including today's book because it's comprehensive and unique and is a companion to an excellent program you might like to attend at your church. I would give the program a five-star rating, and it goes by the same title as the book, Choice Wine, Seven Steps to a Superabundant Marriage by Steve Bowman. Bowman is the creator of That Man Is You program, and he designed the Choice Wine program a few years ago. Please visit the website paradisusdei.org, P-A-R-A-D-I-S-U-S-D-E-I dot O-R-G. The ministry helps families discover the superabundance of God in marriage and family life. We had 45 couples meet weekly for nine weeks, but there are other ways this program can be presented. It can be offered in small groups over the course of an intensive weekend or conducted on three or four Saturdays. We had 90 people attend our program and arranged the room in circular tables of eight. Each week focused on a different step and included dinner, a 40-minute video presented by the author, followed by small group discussion. The last night tied it all together and we had a renewal of our wedding vows, a truly excellent program. I like the stories the author shared, the presentation of the brain process each week or in each chapter in the book, and a glimpse into his in-law's marriage, which was a good example of a thriving marriage. The statistics and surveys were fun and interesting but not exactly scientific at times. Some of the small group questions were too broad and I would suggest a redesign. Missing in this program and many programs about a super abundant or thriving marriage is family, especially being open to a large family which reveals a fruitfulness and generosity of love. My final suggestion for the book is that the seven steps seemed disjointed and random He saved the explanation for why he selected the seven steps at the end of the book. I would have liked to have seen a brief reason for the steps at the beginning of the book. It would have made more sense to me throughout the program. Quote, what therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. End quote. 
Matthew chapter 19, verse 4 through 6. A happy marriage usually lays a foundation for happier people, better physical and mental health, and a higher level of wealth. If you follow the seven steps, says the author, your marriage will have a foretaste of paradise. The last chapter ties everything together, and Bowman explains how the steps parallel the holy family. Bowman says God wishes to give couples the superabundant joy that was experienced by man and woman in paradise. He doesn't want us to have sufficiency, but superabundance to truly thrive. Here are the seven steps. Honor your wedding vows. Use money for other people. Give God some of your time. Set your mind on things above. Find God in yourself. Find God in other people. And number seven, make it easy to be good and hard to be bad. Let's take a closer look. Step one, honor your wedding vows. Do you remember your vows? They probably went something like this. I blank take you blank as my lawful husband or wife to have and to hold from this day forward for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, until death do us part. There are also three important questions for the bride and groom. One, have you come here freely and without reservation to give yourselves to each other in marriage? Two, will you honor each other as husband and wife all the days of your life? Three, will you accept children lovingly from God and bring them up according to the law of Christ and his church? Step two, use money for others. Simplicity, less stress, eat dinner together and go to church as a family once a week. Families with a net worth of $250,000 to $500,000 reported more happiness than households with $5 million or more. The author talks about his father-in-law's frugality, which included the practices of giving the first fruits of your labor to God, keep some cash in your wallet that you can give away, moderate your consumption of media, live below your means, don't use credit cards, eat meals at home, save money, and increase your savings amount. Step three. And again, I'm summarizing the steps in the time we have here. Give God some of your time. Find time to pray. Get involved with small groups at church. Each of us will have to determine what kind of time investment we have or want to contribute to church activities, volunteerism, involvement, or donations. Dr. Andrew Newberg, a neuroscientist, has researched the impact of prayer on the brain and regular religious attendance. He found lower activity in the amygdala and limbic system during and after prayer. This helps to reduce anger, fear, and anxiety. There is increased activity in the, an in the anterior cingulate cortex. This helps to make a person more empathetic and compassionate. There is increased activity in the parietal lobe. This helps to strengthen a person's sense of self. Basically, there's a greater overall well-being, a greater sense of purpose and meaning, increased hope and optimism, and greater self-esteem. Prayer leads to lower levels of loneliness, depression, less anxiety, less substance abuse, 
lower levels of schizophrenia and other psychoses, fewer suicides. Prayer changes you and it changes your marriage. Step four, set your mind on things above. We need to stretch our minds beyond the material world. In a one flesh marriage where husband and wife form a close bond or spousal union over time, the brain structure actually changes. A relationship bathed in dopamine, oxytocin, and vasopressin contribute to attachment. The neurochemical restructuring comes about through not only the sexual relationship, but I want to add to the author's observation and understanding with some comments of my own. Oxytocin is activated through such things as natural childbirth between husband and wife and through breastfeeding. I advocate being open to a large family and I've, and I've observed strong bonds in many large families. Step five, find God in yourself. Be a person of integrity, a loving parent. Don't give up on your children if things become difficult. Think of St. Monica and St. Augustine. Mercy, forgiveness. Step six, find God in other people. Be charitable with others and towards others no matter what. He talks about the importance of friendships. I want to add that couples' friendships are important. When you can find four people who hit it off, where you can all enjoy each other's company. Research shows that meaningful friendships increase our happiness. It's important to see God in your children and in your spouse. The author doesn't come out and say it, but it's about gratitude and unconditional love. Step seven, make it easy to be good and hard to be bad. We are designed to be compassionate. Compassion is a form of mercy. Quote, be merciful, even as your father is merciful, end quote. That's from Luke chapter 6, verse 36. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 through 45. Mercy and forgiveness are very important in marriage. Will you choose to forgive? Or hold a grudge. The last chapter tied everything together. Overall, the book was good, and the nine week program was highly valuable. This concludes our six part series on Catholic resources that inspire lifelong love in marriage. Make your marriage super abundant, and until next time, make your marriage great. 